Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Aye, 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 aye! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 222... Rangers Review, Power Rangers Cosmic Fury, Episodes 1 through 5. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the 4-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to range up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm Chris, also known as Long's Toys. I'm Josh, also known as Living Ranger Key. And I'm another Chris, also known as Geek with Chris. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P., Steve F., Justin Z., Charlie N., Brian M., Craig M., Liz M., Mason M., Tyler W., Steve R., Hassan A., Jacob P., Josh P., Derek G., Teresa B. for supporting us this month. Remember, you can find all the links to the show at linktr.ee slash rangercommandph, as well as our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash rangercommandph. Hey, guys, what's up? What's up, buddy? Buttercup. Whoa, whoa. We're here to review. Was that a song? I didn't think that was a song. (laughs) I was thinking, for some reason, I was thinking of like, what's new, Pussycat? Yeah, I was going to say, you were definitely singing, what's new, Pussycat? (laughs) All right. Going from letter A to letter L, just because why not? (laughs) I don't know where my mind is right now. Hey, we're here. And if you're listening to this, you've probably binge watch all of Power Rangers Cosmic Fury because the plan is to release this this Saturday as we record this, but the day after (laughs) it premieres, yay, life. So Power Rangers Cosmic Fury has all dropped on September 29th, and we're going to review the first half of the season. And then later in October, we will have the second half of the review for episodes six through 10. Figured we'd just do a clean break, two solid episodes, and we'll have some new guests for that one. Whoever wants to join for that one, probably going to be a bigger crowd because it's a really because of episode seven yeah Yeah. (laughs) because of episode seven for (laughs) sure (laughs) before we get to the first chunk of episodes for episodes one through five we do have some news that's happened first off hasbro pulse con 2023 power rangers got a 20 minute segment can we get on to star wars yeah please I'm getting I'm getting word from the Star Wars team that they just wanted to wrap this up. <laughs> oh my god. That was such that became such a meme. Yeah. I mean, what were they thinking? <laughs> I love Emily to death, but she had such a rough show. <laughs> well, she had first of all, it's because she had 17 properties to be a part well, yeah, of. Right, so yeah, I yeah. don't blame her. She's doing triple quadrupled you know, quintuple <laughs> duty. But, you know, what they were thinking was Star Wars makes us money. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to that. The G.I. Joe segment was hilarious when they were really running over I time. know, I felt so bad. They're like, well, we're at the end of the day and we've got six minutes. They might as well put a counter in the corner yeah. and just be like, we have six minutes. Here's a new toy. It's cool. Check it out. Next toy. This is cool, too. It's up for pre-order. Deuces. Yeah. I went back and watched that 
And I was like, wow, they were, they had all this time built in. Well, I mean, it started like even before Power Rangers, like they went over with Transformers and I get it. It's their yeah. big moneymaker. I understand. Magic the Gathering, that segment where they're like letting the two people from Washington State talk took mm -hmm. forever. And that I was I, 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 I'd like turn the sound off and I'm like, what? I guarantee you, no one that loves magic is watching this. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but none of them are like, yeah, I gotta get that nerf blood. No, they, they, they don't care. What they did magic collab with nerf? Yeah. Who hasn't like, collabed with nerf at this point? Wasn't it that gauntlet or, or something? Are they making magic themed nerf weapons or do they put nerf on magic cards? Well, it comes with an exclusive card, but I think it's an exclusive just regular magic card. But it's I, I want to say it's a nerf collab with magic. So it's a nerf mm. gun that's supposed to be something related to magic. I don't I don't follow that stuff. I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I just wanted to know which way the collab was going, because if it was just a line of magic cards that all are nerf weapons, that would be hysterical to me. <laughs> My Little Pony has magic cards. That's right. Well, they, they don't do. have a showing otherwise, so they get to sneak in. Yeah, that's how they were represented. Honestly, I think they should put the Ghostbusters in Magic. I feel like that would fit. Let's put Indiana oh, Jones. Why stop at Ghostbusters? Let's go to Indiana Jones, too. I'm here for it. Let's go. Yeah, every dead brand. Let's do it. <laughs> Power Rangers <laughs> is right next. Here comes Mask. Humanoids. <laughs> Rom. Inhumanoids. So, I mean, Power Rangers had a 20-minute segment. It was funny you mentioned Emily earlier, and then I was showing... Teresa, kind of like a replay, just a quick recap on PulseCon. And she was like, wow, Emily is just all over the place. I'm like, yeah, she's on like six different brands at this point. They, they laid off the marketing team and they're like, who's going to market everything? Oh, Emily, Emily's marketing. She'll market everything. I think it was hilarious when she's like, hey, I have another T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> and then I thought it was funny that the Star Wars marketer was also named Emily, but not the same Emily. And then Magic, the lady there, I, I believe her name is also Emily. No way. Yes, wow. I believe so. Oh, my God. <laughs> so all the marketers are named Emily. Yeah, if you want to keep your job at Hasbro, just have your name change to Emily. All the Emily's kept coming up on the pile and they're like, we can't fire Emily thinking it's all the same person. And then everyone with Emily got to keep their, name. Got to keep their job. I mean, so for Power Rangers, they revealed both exclusives that were available for order at the show and not just pre-order. Like if you got in on that first wave, it's direct ship. Like they already have their first shipment in hand. So see now, buy now. Yeah, see now, buy now. That was the thing that they called it. Power Rangers Lightning Collection, the Tommy Oliver Master Morpher. We all knew this was coming. I thought it was really cool that, you know, they took it really serious and and we're saying you know kind of honoring jason david frank's legacy and they said that hasbro made a donation in his name to the jed foundation which is an organization that provides support and resources for mental health protection and suicide prevention among young adults and teens and i just thought that was like a really good messaging and even in the press release they said for many of us at hasbro tommy was our childhood hero the opportunity to work with Jason David Frank was a once-in-a-lifetime experience that we will always cherish. And I thought that was just a great way to honor Jason David Frank. And, you know, this has just been such a highly anticipated release. I pre-ordered two because I, I knew when this came out, I don't know why I pre-ordered two. It's just kind of like, 
one to kind of keep mint forever Correction. and then one to display. You didn't pre-order two. You I, purchased. I, I, I bought two, yeah. You're the reason somebody else had to pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Eric, you bought two. I bought one. Yeah. Josh, Chris, how many did you guys buy, if you feel comfortable sharing? I just got one. Just one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is the future scalper. Remember that. <laughs> Eric's like, all right, RJ. That first year of college about to be paid for. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> what do you guys think of the Morpher seeing it like in a professional setting? Because I know people got it before in like Singapore and overseas. And, you know, we got some videos. We already know all the sounds. But with the studio lighting and, you know, how they had it at PulseCon, like, I really like the shiny chrome and they said it was like vacuum chrome or whatever. Like, they're like, we, we haven't done this in a long time. So we had to, they mentioned something like that where like the plastic, what do they call that? Like vacuum chrome or whatever. It's like vacuumized metal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they used to do that on Transformers a lot back in the day. The problem is, is that eventually over time it will flake. Hmm. Um, all the all your beast wars right now are are flaking. <laughs> it depends on the type of plastic that the morphers use to, and then how well that is going to kind of like adhese adhese adhese. Is that a word? Adhere. <laughs> right. How well it sticks to it. Adhese yeah. will be the thing. So it's one of those things where it's cool right now, but if you display it for twenty years, I promise you, in twenty years, you're going to have a silver morpher or just sure. a gray morpher. Yeah, I wish it was actual metal like the yeah. Bandai one used to be, yeah. but I get it. Also, I was impressed with the price. I did not expect it to be that cheap. Oh my gosh. I feel like they could have easily gouged. So just for a heads up, it was retail price was $64.99. I was like, my bank account was ready for that thing to be 90 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. Same thing. I feel like they could have easily made it 80 or 100. And I will as I was reacting to this live, they made the announcement about donating the money. And I thought that was very nice. And I was impressed by that. And then I felt like if it would have been a hundred, they would have been like, well, we're donating some of the money. So that's why the price is higher. But the fact that they're donating the money and the price is very reasonable. I was doubly impressed. If if you adjust yeah. for inflation based on like the first mm-hmm. power morpher came out, oh, like yeah. the first one, it's actually right on cue, if not actually a little bit less. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Like then a hundred or 65. It would be like 68, $69. I think oh, okay. he means less than uh, what the original one cost when the first one came out. Yeah. What the original one would cost today adjusted for inflation. Cause you know, inflation like oh, wow. 8% yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a little bit cheaper than what they could arguably charge if they wanted to. So no, a six sixty four ninety nine was a price point. That's a steal. Like I was expecting, yeah. I was yeah, expecting I was, 80. I was, I was thinking 79 99 was what I was walking. Yeah. Into. I was thinking at least 80. If mm-hmm. it was more, it wouldn't have surprised me, but I was expecting at least 80. Recoup that vacuumized uh, metal stuff there. That's right. Yeah. I was fully expecting a hundred and like, that's what I had like budgeted out for. So I was very happy to see that it wasn't that. And let's, let's give them props too. Cause they could have yeah. easily just did gold plastic. Oh yeah. Right. Because that's all their first power morpher was. The Hasbro power morpher is just that, you know, gray plastic. Yeah, they could have easily just did that cheese gold plastic and been like, oh, there you go. And you know what? Honestly, if if, I hate to say this, but part of me wonders if JDF hadn't passed away, if that's something they would have done. Right. Because I feel like now they feel like, well, we can't release like a product unless it's like as close to identical as possible. I'll give them props. I think it looks really nice. Like the press shots look great, except for the two 
guys that they got to model these. <laughs> I, get what, I get what they were doing with the guy in the coat because they're trying to simulate the soul of the dragon. They got knockoff Hector David Jr. And then they got... Uh, <laughs> I want to bring up back to your point, Eric, because you had sure. mentioned like, hey, what'd you guys think with the in-studio setting? I'm like, well, it's cool, but I'm actually happier that I saw it amateurly shot in someone's backyard because that's going to be more realistic of what it actually looks like because the one thing that sucks when you see something because how many times have we seen like the remastered green you know when we first saw the the in-studio shot we're like oh wow that that shield looks incredible they got that shiny gold and then you get it's like oh not not a really shiny gold maybe under some you know fluorescent studio lights or something it it pops a little bit more but no i'm happy we got the amateur look at it first Sorry, oh, not, yeah, not, not sure. to call no. anyone who's like doing YouTube reviews amateur. I do apologize if that came across wrong. But well, um, no, and and even some of those first looks at it when you know it's someone's camera phone. I mean, the gold coins don't look as gold as the press shots. And yeah. I saw a couple people already do like a black acrylic wash on these, and it really makes them pop. And more in line with the Bandai Legacy coins. But the coins that come with it include the White Tiger coin, the Dragon Zord coin, the White Falcon, Turbo coin, Zeo coin, and Dino Thunder coin. And they mention in kind of like the write-up that this has an, a never-before-seen Turbo Red Ranger coin and includes both a White Falcon Zord coin and White Tiger Zord coin. So... It was cool because we never, the only time we saw the Turbo Ranger morph was in, or or the coin was in Soul of the Dragon. So I really like that they combined Dimensions and Danger, what we saw in that special with what we saw in Soul of the Dragon. And I do think that it's cool that it comes with Falcon, even though we never saw him use that coin with the morpher. I think that's just cool that like, you know, to fully have all of Tommy's powers represented, it like would make sense mm-hmm. for that to be there. Yeah, in Dimensions in Danger, he did use the Falcon Zord, but they didn't yeah. have the coin with it. So yeah, that's just a cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, glad it, they included all of those. Part of me wonders, like, it, it's almost like it was a slight scripting error because you know, obviously, sure. he never he never morphed Falcon Zord back in in Power Rangers. By the time he got the Falcon Zord, it was White Ranger power. Yeah. Because in Dimension Nerd Alert and Dimension Danger, he goes Falcon Sword, White Ranger power, and then calls the Falcon Sword. It's not like he morphs yeah. into the White Ranger, then shouts Falcon Sword. So the fact they included this in here to kind of be like, yeah, check it out. Technically, that's how he gets that power set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. They didn't have to do that, but it's it's literally complete. It's like, hey, here's your movie coin, your dragon coin, your white tiger coin. You know, and then the three coins for the Master Morpher. Yeah. I know we never saw it, but I wonder if you could use that coin to call the Ninjetti suit. Maybe. That, that'd be really oh, cool, yeah. like the yeah, Ninjetti cool. powers. But I love the packaging. Like, I do like the illustration from his outfit from Dimensions in Danger, you know, the last time we saw Tommy in live action. But my OCD is like the coins on the back. It's like completely wrong (laughs) order. (laughs) Like chronologically, it's not Uh, chronological at all. And I'm just like, is that on that artwork on the front of the box, Mm -hmm. the way he's holding the morpher, it's in its holster. It is in the holster. I I noticed that someone (laughs) pointed that out and it's like, it it looks gigantic. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not right, but all right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's like my only little gripe. But yeah, this looks fine. It's approved. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Power Rangers staying on brand at Hasbro, even for one yep. of the last releases. I just like for someone sure. at Hasbro is listening to this right now, and you're like, you wonder why we're shutting this down? He's <laughs> because you have to nitpick every stupid little thing. You can't just be happy when we give you something. <laughs> and then the the other exclusive, which we were all expecting, because. Josh, like there wasn't any indication that these would both be released at PulseCon, right? A couple months ago, I had kind of speculated that like maybe one would be like uh, San Diego Comic-Con, one would be PulseCon. Mm. When SDCC happened with nothing, I kind of expected at least one of them to be PulseCon. So it wasn't super surprising for them to both be for this event. But right. especially as it was getting closer, I was kind of thinking like, were they going to push the Master Morpher to be like a 1027 reveal in October if the if Power Rangers is even part of that event or something like that. But I am happy that they both just kind of got them out of the way because I there, there was really like no reason why they wouldn't both be a PulseCon exclusive because I just I couldn't see. Wasn't the manifest like they already had all their shipments in in July yeah, or something? So <laughs> I, I saw... If I remember correctly, I saw that the Omega Rangers had arrived in like U.S. ports as far back as I believe June. So whenever the Omegas went up, I was I was expecting them to be a, at least, if not a very short pre-order window, the see now buy now thing that they ended up being anyway. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that that ended up, you know, that wasn't super surprising for them to be in stock when they just were when they would went up like that. The Master Morpher had appeared on a bill of lading, like I think. In like July, but at the time I hadn't matched up the code name of Mason to the Master Morpher, which was which was funny. <laughs> shout, shout out to our friend Mason. Yeah. <laughs> so like I had I've got I had that code name since like February, but I didn't mm-hmm. know that that was the Master Morpher until I saw the shipper boxes with it, and I was like, oh okay, so that's been ready a little sooner than I expected as well. So I didn't technically see anything that pointed to these directly being PulseCon exclusives, but I also didn't ever see anything that said that they wouldn't be sure. like not to expect them to be so. So I wasn't too surprised. I fully admit to believing that one of these was going to be shifted to New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And then the main reasoning for that is uh, this is one of the first times I think PulseCon has done a, hey, we don't have just one exclusive for this brand. We have two exclusives for this brand and they're both available now. Like that's not something they've done before, really. So that that kind of threw me for a loop, which to an extent then has me wonder was one of these supposed to be San Diego and it didn't right. arrive on time or, you know, was there delay somewhere at a factory or was one originally going to be a New York comic? Cause this stuff isn't planned in February. This stuff is no. planned like last July because the, you have the production time and then you have the, all the factory stuff and you ship, they don't ship it airdrop. They ship it on a boat. So it takes sometimes three months for the boat to get across and put into the stuff. But See, like it would have been, it would have been made a lot of sense for the Omegas to be a Comic-Con exclusive. And I never understood why that wasn't the case. Cause like, that's yeah. why I feel like there should have, cause they have the display case for power Rangers. And obviously they had something that was supposed to go on <laughs> one of they the shelves, the bottom with, with the cosmic fury morphers. Yes. Like they just filled it with cosmic fury morphers. It's like, <laughs> Talk about a waste to say. So that's why it's like, I, I'm, you know, I wish I was a fly on the wall to kind of be like, because yeah. obviously, because I mean, Josh, you've talked about this to death already, but, you know, they discovered back in like March or early April that the brand was going on hiatus. Hasbro discovered their internal teams discovered yeah. that. So yeah. once that happens, that shifts all the plans going forward because you don't, 
put the money into marketing going mm-hmm. forward if you're not have anything to market. So I really, I really, really, really hope at some point somebody comes out and, you know, over the next couple of years and kind of explains what happened and all that stuff. Cause I'd be great. I'd be so willing to put money on it. Like one of these was supposed to be either San Diego or PulseCon. Um, well, not PulseCon, but uh, the Hasbro, you know, event, the 1027 event, or even New York Comic Con. Cause, you know, we've all speculated the Master Morpher that should be a general release. That should be a mass release. Like you'll sell a billion of them at mass release. I knew that it was um, never going to be a mass release. I figured that they were never going to be smart enough to do that. So I knew, I knew that it was going to be the, the second I heard about its existence, like however many months ago that that was for us. I was like, yeah, there's no way this is not going to be an exclusive of some kind. And I was I was kind of expecting a convention exclusive. And here we are. I'm glad that they did the uh, at least like another pre-order period for it. Like that, I was yeah. hoping that if it was going to be like this, that they would do what they did last year for the G.I. Joe convention exclusives, where they had like multiple pre-order periods. So like there's really no excuse to like not be able to get one if you really want one and the date on that too being like what it's like november 1st or something yeah november 1st yeah Yeah, so that to me sounds like that was already a production that was planned Mm, yeah like they were going it was going to quote unquote restock anyway same with the omegas who have gone up with a pre-order now of november 1st as well so it feels like to me like they made the first batch and they had a second batch that they were always planning to make anyways. Do you think if, especially if the master morpher is popular enough, could it see a third wave of release? Depends on speed of how well it would sell out. Okay. Like if it, if it sells out like over the next like four or five days on the pre-orders, then yeah, I would, I could see them doing a third wave, but I wouldn't see it till I think that would be like a 2024 thing. Sure. I don't expect the Omegas to do that. I don't think that's no. Any- I'm surprised the Omegas got another pre-order. Honestly, yeah. speaking so. of the Omegas, these are the four original Omega Rangers. We've got Zach, Trini, Jason, and Kia. Omega Red, Black, Yellow, and Blue. You get 17 accessories, four sets of alternate hands. I think the pictures on these. Whoever was their photographer on this did an absolutely phenomenal job because they did like these light spotlight effects with their little effect pieces. And they did like a targeted glow on those pieces. Like everything was lit up. They just look incredible. I always love the Omega Rangers. If you look at the press photos, they do have like kind of this leathery looking texture to the bodysuit, which obviously you can't tell in the comics because that isn't really a thing. But, you know, I like that they took the extra step to add that added realism with, like they said on the stream, with like the little folds in the fabric and everything. And that I kind of groaned when they said, and we use the Legacy Wars as a reference. And I was just like, okay, because, you know, that's not always the most perfect thing to go off of. But I know the original Legacy Wars team did a lot of research on on that end whenever they did a 3D version of the character. But just from these photos, I really like it. I think it, they look amazing, especially the, the weapons. They got some unique weapons like with the hammer and they added unique effect pieces like the blast effect with the, the hammer and the swoosh effect with Zack's bladed weapons. I forgot what they're supposed to be called, but... I think it looks great. The box art is by Daniele DiNiculo, who originally created the look for these characters. So I think it all comes full circle. I really love this set. But then again, I'm a huge 
comics guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are some of my favorite comic designs. And so getting them, get, well, getting anything from the comics, I appreciate because I like pretty much everything that the comics do for original designs. And I, I like them just diving into that kind of aspect of, you know, things that like only Power Rangers would be able to get figures of because like obviously these aren't, you know, Suntide designs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So like, we can't get figures of them in any other way. What an easy retool into Cosmic Fury Lightning Collection figures. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Take the belt off, replace the belt piece, uh, turn those uh, shoulder pads to silver, add a little uh, silver paint on the side. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't know anything. I mean, we're just, you know, it's, it's Hasbro. Everything is created with the purpose of being used again, somehow somewhere else. Yeah. Only if you keep the line going. <laughs> my, oh, well, they'll just call Enway apparently and get whatever CAD files they need. <laughs> <laughs> my only gripe with these and, and other people pointed this out was that the second set of hands also has a morpher on the right hand, which isn't, accurate i'm hoping that was just a prototype and those aren't painted that that band isn't painted on the what, right. i want to say as somebody somewhere who has it has confirmed that that that's not the case like they're not on the wrong hand in the actual release oh okay okay i i, I mean I, i'm pretty sure someone said that but i don't i think there was another promo shot that showed that it wasn't the case i don't think anybody has them in hand yet so oh think... yeah it's the one where they're all standing yeah. together and it doesn't have okay okay cool yeah i, I just noticed that but yeah, I love the bronze gold effect that they did, especially on, on Kia's figure that really pops with the blue and the bronze. It just looks really cool. I'm glad these are finally out there. <laughs> yeah. And I was seriously considering getting a second set. This does retail price at $99.99, so 100 bucks. And we all pretty much figured that would be be the case like yeah 24.99 times four yep exactly yeah i knew that it had to be at least 100 i was kind of expecting them to go like maybe like 110 or something just because why not but i'm glad that they didn't gotta pay for that new effects piece yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) but yeah i was kind of debating whether to get a second set just so you know if you do a yellow and red swap and then paint the bodies then you have red ranger trini and kivor as yellow and then you could technically make Zax the Death Ranger, and then you just have an extra Blue Ranger, which you could throw on the Master Morpher or the Emissary Cape and have like Evil Kia or whatever. But that's for all you customizers out there. Go to Spoilers. it. Spoilers. Spoilers for a two-year-old plot. <laughs> if if you haven't read the comics, I, I mean, I get to it because it's it's awesome. Yeah, hold on, Eric. I'm I'm only five years behind on the comics. Okay, so well, that's you. <laughs> Shame on you if you haven't read the comics. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then yeah, then they had the brief thing at the end where they're like, oh, by the way, the Cosmic Fury Cosmic Morphers out, and they even did that in the press release. But you can find it in clearance now at Target. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of comics that Josh is never going to read, we've got the (laughs) Power Rangers solicitations for December 2023. Ranger Academy number three goes on sale December 6th with four covers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 115 goes on sale December 27th. That's got some really cool covers as well. Also on the 27th is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TMNT 2, black and white edition of issue one. 
And last time they did a black and white edition, they did just a graphic novel edition. Like they did the first issue for the first series as well in black and white. But this one has like four variant covers, which I'm really hoping that they don't release all of these individually in black and white. I really hope that the next release after this is a hardcover black and white like they did for the first series, but we'll see. And then there's a Vance solicit for the Power Rangers Archive Book 1 Deluxe Edition. This is going to be released on February 14th, 2024. And this was originally part of the Boom Studios Kickstarter for the 30th anniversary that they did earlier this year. But now this is the retail release of, of the archive. So if you have the first release that they did, which was like the Lost Chronicles or whatever, this is now the the hardcover edition of that. So that would collect Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Hamilton Comics Volumes 1 and 2, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Saga Issues 1 through 3, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Marvel Comics 1 through 7, and Power Rangers Ninja Rangers Issues 1 through 5. So if you're in the mood for some old school Power Ranger comics, definitely pick that up word all right it's cosmic fury time so all of these episodes obviously drop september 27th on netflix and we are reviewing the first five episodes episode one is lightning strikes episode two is beyond repair Episode three is off grid episode four is teamwork and episode five is rock out the first three episodes are directed by michael hurst and the next two are directed by charlie haskell both directors that have been out throughout dino fury and now cosmic fury how do you guys want to tackle this you just want to talk about like the first chunk or just episode by episode or just kind of overall yes um they're fine <laughs> <laughs> I think we just call it a day. No, I, I think we should probably go episode by episode only because I don't remember what happened in which episode. So <laughs> I was just going to say you just watched it, Chris. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I don't remember because I pushed it out of my brain for something cooler. <laughs> yeah. Like 10 episodes was like four hours. So just like a blob of Power Rangers. I know things happened. Then let's take it from the top. Episode one <laughs> is called Lightning Strikes. The synopsis for this is Bajilia enlists Lord Zed to lead her armies in an intergalactic war, and things only get worse when the two capture a Power Ranger for their team. Teleplay by Maia T, Becca Barnes, and Alan Dale, directed by Michael Hurst. We are introduced to Bajilia Nair and her daughter. Wow, why am I blanking on the name? What is it, Nagilia or something? Yeah. Bajilia and Nagilia? I just like Bajillionaire, and that <laughs> took me until <laughs> pretty much one of the last two episodes to go, wait a minute. Um, that was a joke. Eric, it took me two whole series before I realized <laughs> Mick Canick. <laughs> it took me till cosmic fury to understand mechanics i don't feel bad okay that that's that makes me feel a little better also i want to say that squid ink ink i don't think it should have just been squid ink but spelled i-n-k yes 
Because it doesn't work with two of them. You're hitting people over the head with the joke. It's too much. You need to be more subtle with the joke. I kind of so, liked it. Then again, maybe not because it took Chris two seasons to figure some of these jokes out. So maybe, maybe, maybe I take that out. Maybe oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of like Splatoon when I hear Squid Ink Ink. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't even play Splatoon. I just think I should talk to Morgan Lemieux. Well, I like that there's a cold open because this is, I think, the only episode in this series that has a cold open and so we start out on the planet zordnia which is a pretty deep callback i mean that's all the way back to mighty morphin season three with the shogun zords and yeah planet zordnia so that's i guess the drop point for all new megazords i guess <laughs> Who, who knew that. that a bunch of throwaway lines from 1993 through 1996 would have so much meaning? Oh, for sure. Well, they, they can if you go back and find them. <laughs> well, I mean, Morphin Masters was literally like one line in one episode, never brought up again. And it's become an entire lore thing now in the last five years. Yeah, super important one for this season. So I, I find that cool that it's Zordia, but the way they are able to tie it together, mm-hmm. and I, and honestly, I don't think it has the same magic or doesn't have the same feeling for me if if Billy's not in the series. You know what I mean? Like if Billy yeah. wasn't there, yeah. I'd just be like, okay, you guys are cool. Zordia. You'd just be like an empty reference. Yeah. But because you have Billy there, tie it all in. Then in fairness, they do. I mean, you know, because he mentions, he's like, oh, this is where my team got. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he says Shogun Zords are just you know, we got Zords from this planet. I can't remember. But, you know, the fact that he does reference that like right away, it's like, oh, connections, throwbacks. I like how this season just starts exactly where the last season left off, which if we didn't get Cosmic Fury, that would have been the finale to Power Rangers. when <laughs> Zeta was just like, let's go. Zed's escaped. And that would have been it, which just feels so empty. But I'm glad that within these first like two minutes, this opening shot, which I love the use of drone footage. You got the Morphin Masters flying around, shooting bolts, and then they really take advantage of the location uh, with this amazing New Zealand Valley, which I don't think we've ever seen in Power Rangers, which is kind of a unique thing, uh, considering it feels like they filmed all over New Zealand. But right away, we know how Lord Zed escaped. We know the new villains. We know the stakes immediately. We see Zato as the Zenith Ranger kind of leading them along. And nope, he is technically the ghost Ranger in this one. Except the episode four calls him the Zenith. Oh, no. Yeah. Ghost Ranger. No, you're right. I yeah, you're right. Ghost Ranger. (laughs) Can we we clip that? I just want to play that. Anytime I need to hear it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, wait, no, you're right. You couldn't hear Chris push his glasses up his nose when he corrected you. But he did. It's true. Hey, you know what? Like, I'm just happy I got one. All right. I'm just happy I got one. Also, Ghost Ranger sounds so much cooler. I'm just going to say it. He does. No, I just thought it was a, a pretty awesome opening. You know, we even get that shot, which was the first preview clip. A random blast knocks mick mechanic out of his like shape-shifting form and amelia's right there so i don't know i i just liked how it all set up the stakes and we know that billy was working with mick and that's why they're on the same planet 
with the Rangers. Yeah. I was going to ask because I was like, does Mick just hang out as a rock all day? Just like, he's like, oh, this is a nice grassy field. I'll just be a rock for 12 hours. But then I was like, you probably the battle started and you're just hiding. So, right. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing I do like about Cosmic Fury, especially in this first few episodes, is, and I'll, I'll talk about it again. I have another example when we get to episode mm-hmm. two and three, is anything that you need to know, they will let you know. Yes. And anything yeah. that is brought into the story has a payoff in the story mm-hmm. or for Cosmic Fury part of this, the 10 episodes. I really appreciate that because it really felt like in past seasons, especially on, on network television past seasons, if something was brought into the story, it was the plot of the story for the entire episode. Yeah. And that was that. But this one here, it's kind of like, you know, rather than explain, you know, rather than go in this huge, huge story. Oh, Mick, why are you here? It's just a quick like, oh, I'm here with Billy on a science expedition. We were yep. looking for this and you're done. Yeah, he said the the specific phrase was some research trip. This turned out to be Billy. Boom. You have your reference that, you know, Billy and Mick know each other because in the past, Mick said, hey, I've met all these different Ranger teams after, you know, I was done with my team. I kind of went around the galaxy meeting other Power Rangers. And so it builds on what we already know. And that's what I appreciate overall about Cosmic Fury is that, you know, we don't get any specific character focus episodes because we've had two years to get to know these characters. And to Chris's point, everything just kind of builds upon everything. So they do less telling and more showing. Exactly. It's a lot less of what we're used to and more of what I think a lot of people, myself included, have been clamoring for, which is don't tell me what I need to know. Show me what I need to know. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they do. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I I still cringe on the Amelia flashback because I just don't like the I don't like the ADR (laughs) directing, although I will say in Cosmic Fury overall as a whole, I thought the ADR was a lot better than it has been in the last like six years. It for six years, it's felt like the ADR person's like, yep, here's your line. Yeah, no, that sounds clean. We got it. And like no actual directing like, no, no, retake this. You're supposed to be, you know, you're you think about the scene. You're doing this. You're doing this. You need to be like, uh, but that flashback real quick to be like, hey, in case you don't remember the show from the last two years, <laughs> here's a real quick TLDR, a.k.a. like two episodes mattered in the first season and the last three episodes mattered in the last season. Done. Here you go. Now Pretty let's much. go. <laughs> yeah. Exclusive clip. What I really liked about this, like when they're meeting up with Billy and it's kind of during this battle with the new grunts, which I like the new grunts because it kind of gives me that Quantron feel with Mm -hmm. a Lord Zed twist. I really liked these grunts for this season. They're funny, too. I just want to throw it out there. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's like random dialogue. (laughs) They're a bunch of snarky little poop heads, and I love it. (laughs) I, I just I just love it because we get bajillionaire and she runs this like galactic corporation and of course, her employees are going to be disgruntled. And there's quite a few times where these grunts make some snarky comments as they're getting blown up or destroyed. And I just I lose it every time those guys talk. It's great. Yeah, I like them a lot. I like their designs, too. Just like in general, it would have been really nice to get some figures of those. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, they definitely give like kind of a mix of Lord Zed Z putty feel with that yeah. Quantron and, and just some of those Zed elements. So I, I think they're really cool. 
I do like too that there's. I'm pretty sure that there's different colors, right? There's a red and a gray one. There's a red and a gray. Like the red are supposed to be the more elite or whatever. Well, kind of like you know they did that with cogs. Yeah. 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 You know where there's two different colors, it helps. It's such an eyesore when they're all the same color, in my yeah. opinion, because it just it's kind of like a blur of a mass of one color coming at five primary colors. Um, I think they uh, also kind of remind me of like the uh, X-Borgs from Super Mega Force. Yeah, a little bit of the two. It might actually be the X-Borgs suits with new armor. <laughs> it could be. That's, that's actually worth looking into. Um, <laughs> well, wait. Oh, my God. Like the X-Borgs, they both have like sword or club weapons that are also blasters. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking that okay. up right now. Just so you know. <laughs> they, do, they do look very similar to them. But what I really like, there's this little moment where after they talk with Mick, Ollie, you know, is like, oh, I'll help Billy. And he like kind of, you know, slices him. And he's like, wow, it's an honor to fight by your side, Mr. Cranston. And like, where's the rest of your team? It like just that dialogue, it, like we said before, it quickly sets up the scene. And even though they don't specifically say that this is after once and always, like, it pretty much fits within the timeline because at the end of once and always Billy's like, all right, I'm going to go around the galaxy now. And yeah, well, he says he will. He said he's got some stuff to take care of, but he does plan. I'm going to, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking for the Sentinels here in the cosmic fury trailer. Cause I don't have Netflix up. No, they are not the same. They look like they are nooses. Cause they have like fake wiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like circuit board, like designs on them. Yeah. Sorry, but no, I mean, it's definitely worth checking out because, you know, but it's cool because it it kind of makes like all the like space related ish villains have like similar kind of like soldiers. And I think that's kind of cool. And I like when they said that there's like an unlimited supply of them because they're created from the big drills that are taking over these planets. So as they're mining resources, they can just build like an infinite supply of these. It's like cool little details like that where. It feels like they thought it out about the designs a little bit more. Well, they explain why there's so many where they come from. Again, it's another throwaway line, but it's a throwaway line that answers a question. So you don't have to go, well, how do they get so many? But let's talk about episode one. Let's talk about a pivotal moment, Eric, where Ollie and Amelia together, Ollie uses the cosmic key foreshadowing and they knock some monsters mm-hmm. out of the dimension. And then some dude shows yeah, up. So it was it was it was this dude that is just some random monster and bad drip, bad drip or something like that. Do drip. Do, do, there do it drip, is. Yeah. Do drip. <laughs> We're going to make you I'm, dude. RIP. <laughs> <laughs> and then Izzy says, man, you should sue your mom. Like that's your name. And so he sprays this foam and it reactivates the spell that Lord Zed originally used on Ollie. So, Instantly, within like the first 10 minutes of the episode, Ollie's already evil. He uses the cosmic gateway key and we get this like really cool fight where this whole battle, they need more forces. I think what the coolest thing was is that the red Morphin Master flies overhead, Mick's kind of cowering, he's not morphed, and the red Morphin Master gives him the ability to morph into his ninja steel form. And I am so glad that we get to see Mick back in action. You know, we get to see Kelson take on one of his last characters. And I just love seeing this suit. And I love how much action Mick gets in this 
whole series, actually. Oh, Mick gets a lot of action. <laughs> well, no, because like, you know, not to spoil things too much as we get down to episode four. But I mean, in, in, in Cosmic Fury, we're just going to talk about Mick real quick. Like we actually get to see him morph. Like he mm-hmm. actually gets yeah. they actually yeah. brought up the Ninja Steel Morpher. He gets to morph and he actually gets to pilot a Zord. Both things I don't think he did in Ninja Steel. I think nope. he just had an instant morph and then yeah. bought a fight. And that was it. So like, how cool is that for Kelson Henderson, who's been SPD Orange Ranger for one scene? <laughs> which was a dream scene, you know, then he gets to play a, a bunch of other characters. Then he gets to finally be a power ranger for like half of an episode. And in this, in cosmic fury, I mean, he, he's a power ranger in this episode. He's a power ranger in the next episode. And he's a power ranger again later on in the first five episodes. So it was really, really cool. Cause Kelson Henderson's a really awesome person. If you ever get a chance yeah. to see him at a convention, you have to take that opportunity because he is incredibly friendly. He loves the fans. He loves the brand. You know, so it, it's it's very heartwarming to see someone that everyone agrees deserves to be celebrated, celebrated by the creators for once. Absolutely. Yeah, and it it really did justice to you know everything that happened in in Ninja Steel because, I mean, that's one of my bottom tier seasons. But the highlight anytime I did watch Ninja Steel was Mick, and it's because of Kelson. It's because he is such a great actor he's played so many different wildly different characters over the years and it really felt like they were really celebrating his contribution to the franchise with cosmic fury and like i i freaked out when he like pulled out the ninja spin morpher which yeah. he never did in the show and he actually morphed i mean we didn't get like a whole morph sequence or anything but I'll take anything at that point. Like it was just, it just felt earned. And I think Mick was the best part in Ninja Steel. And I'm glad he got so much focus in Cosmic Fury. Like I freaked out when he first came back for Dino Fury season one. And, you know, they kind of wrapped up things with the Ninja Nexus Prism and all that. So just really good continuity that they've carried forward and, you know, really brought to this last season. And I also liked just like, how they explained like getting his powers back like it was simple but it like made sense in the context of like the battle and like the powers that the Morpher masters can do and you know because i i agree with you i like that he came back for like dino fury and stuff and he was another one of my favorite parts of ninja steel as well so it was just great to get to see him again and to be honest i never expected we would ever see him again in the mm-hmm. red rangers too so i thought that was just really cool that they did that and it's i always also just like whenever they use like more obscure like sentai suits and give them more like for purpose over here <laughs> like because mm-hmm. uh, that the only reason why he had like one fight ninja steals because there was like one fight of that suit in the ninja so right. it makes right. sense that like we didn't get to see more than that because there wasn't footage for it i don't even know if they had the suit to be honest well they i think they did have it yeah because they because he was helping yeah, he was, he was, yeah right 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 but it was it's cool that they like you know got it back out there and even once we knew he was going to have this suit again i definitely didn't expect them to like bring out the morpher prop and stuff like that. And I just really like that kind of detail, like you were mentioning. Yeah. And then the battle escalates. And this is kind of like the big plot driven point of the whole season is Scrozzle has actually been helping bajillionaire this whole time. And he has made what they call the master captivator. And they're able to basically like, vacuum up all and blast all of the the morphin masters so 
all of the Morpha Masters are contained. And yeah, it it sucks. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just weak. It's like they had to get them off the board somehow because yeah. it would have been way too like, you know, you had to explain <laughs> why aren't they helping all the time. It's a perfect flow of what's going on because it, it just immediately raises the stakes and mm-hmm. lets you know that. And that's a testament to the cosmic fury and just the fact that, you know, because I think everybody, myself included, was worried about like, how are you going to tell a, a meaningful, worthwhile story in 10 episodes? Like, how much can you actually do? The answer is quite a bit, especially when you don't waste time. So zapping the Morphin Masters in the first episode and having him captured. And Blue Ranger evil. Like, I mean, all the stakes are immediate. Everything you need to set up for the next seven episodes, you do in the first episode because your Mm -hmm. last two episodes, you're going to wrap up your last three episodes or whatever. So it was actually really smart. And then just to segue into the next part, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, too, is as the red Morphin master gets zapped, he ends up throwing his staff to Javi, Mm -hmm. who is one of my favorite standout characters from the season. I thought a hundred percent overall, I I felt like in Dino Fury, his role was cute musician boy who just happens to be Izzy's brother. I thought that (laughs) was what his role was. (laughs) And in cosmic fury, it really feels like he got some growth, not a ton, but enough to make me be like, all right, you know what? They release an action figure of you. I will buy you because your character has meaning to me now. Like, and he plays yeah. obviously a very pitiful role. And some of that is something we'll talk about, obviously in the next part when we do the episode six through 10, but yeah, Javi got a ton of focus throughout this series, which I, I appreciate early on, early on, he kind of loses focus later on, but sure. it's like when the first four episodes, even yeah, four episodes really, yeah, it's pretty much a Javi, Javi slash, Amelia series, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they did not go in the direction I was expecting them to go <laughs> with no. it. Like they went, they went very far. So, and I appreciate it. Yeah. So when the Morphin Master gave Javi the Morphin staff, he had a vision of where they should go on Zornia. And it's this platform with all of the symbols of the Zords. And it's, there's 11 symbols. And that coordinates with, you know, the Zords we'll see in the show. And it just felt like the stakes really wrapped up because you even have Ollie being such a jerk in this first episode. <laughs> like he's leading a squid drill, which is their big ship slash robot. And I just love how how the stakes are just amplified. Like they're really put in a bad position. And I just love the sacrifice that that Javi makes and he ends up losing his arm. And I mean, in the moment it's, it's like when you're looking at it, obviously he's got his hand behind his back or whatever. And they're, but they play it like so straight and with such emotion, his acting in that scene is fantastic too, as he goes into shock. Yeah. They actually cut his arm off for that. So that's why it was legitimate (laughs) shock. Yeah, so they didn't. That wasn't even acting. He just went into shock. Yeah, like I, I did not expect. Whenever you know, we people have been theorizing for months. Like when we saw that he had that robotic arm on his suit, like what was going to happen to him? And I thought, you know, he would get an injury or something. I figured that would be how they would explain it. I did not expect at all. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more like a like a robotic cast. Or yeah, something. we all thought it was going to be like his yeah. arm gets hurt and he gets like they the Rafconians rebuild, you know, help yeah, kind of like yeah, yeah. create something. We did not expect him to literally lose his arm forever. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. 
Yeah, and so actually out of the portal, the 10 Cosmic Fury Zords come out because we'll talk about in episode five, the 11th that is discovered. But yeah, they have to regroup and they use the Zords for the first time. They're in, they're still in their Dino Fury suits because that's what they've got. And I love that. Billy has the blue wolf sword. And I know Simon Bennett has said it. I mean, we get that cool shot of, hold on. In Once and Always, did they do the zoom effect more for Billy or was that new for Cosmic Fury? for Cosmic Fury. Because yeah, he, okay. remember, because we all complained because he does his morph different. Like it actually shows him like raising his hands and morphing while the other ones have their arms already out. Yeah. And we were like, why the hell can't you just keep it consistent for each buddy? Why do you have to, why does Billy have to be the one going, hoo, 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 and then, yeah, so that's the zoomed in is is new. Okay. Yeah. It I makes th- it more it makes it more like season 1 Mighty Morphin ish. Yeah. I know Simon Bennett said this before that, you know, him piloting a blue wolf zord was, you know, kind of just a happy coincidence or whatever. I, I wish he would have just taken credit for that. Like, oh, yeah, we <laughs> totally meant for that to happen. It just but I'm glad, you know, happy accidents still exist in Power oh, Rangers. Yeah. He did pilot a blue wolf Zord at one point, didn't he? That would have been good to know. Obviously, they had no control over what the Zord was, or if the wolf was blue, the wolf could have been any color because it's just whatever they're getting from Q Ranger. Yeah. But it just happened to all work out. But I think yeah, he was kind of just commenting that obviously he has no control over, you know. I mean, if you have a blue wolf and it makes sense, do it, obviously. I, I think <laughs> the insinuation is that his comments, and, and this is the only remark I make, sometimes Simon's sure. comments are easily misconstrued because he doesn't give enough context or enough explanations right. to what he's saying. Yeah. So yeah. you either read that as, oh, it's a happy coincidence that there just happened to be a blue wolf sword in this series, or it's a happy coincidence that, oh, we just happened to put him in there. We didn't even think about that. <laughs> Which one is it? Nobody knows. <laughs> Only Simon knows. <laughs> right, right. And he won't respond until there is a Twitter <laughs> riot against him. <laughs> I mean, it's better than being like, I saw the blue wolf and I said, no, I'm putting him in the orange scorpion. At you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny also too. like for a while, you know, ever since we knew that they were using the curing resorts, mm-hmm. people have kind of speculated like, Besides the main team, like who would use the other colors that like we don't have like corresponding ranger colors to. Yeah. And I just think it's funny how this entire season is like, yeah, that doesn't matter at all. Uh you could just <laughs> use anything. Jump on a zord and let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, again, they explain it like as they're discovering piloting the Zords, oh hey, we can remote control any Zord we want. Yeah. Semi-autonomous, just how I like my swords. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that line. That was so good. Yeah, I just I love those kind of Easter eggs that we get sprinkled throughout the series too. like like either one liners or like bits of dialogue or things in the script that like really build up. And it's kind of like more of like a wink, like if you know, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, let's really quick. Let's talk about Billy. Yeah, we, we mentioned he's here. One of the things I really appreciate in Cosmic Fury is contrasted in Once and Always. So I I wasn't a huge fan of Billy in Once and Always because it mm-hmm. felt like to me, and this is just my opinion, that in their attempt to make Once and Always, you know, this is for the kids who grew up with Power Rangers and now you're adults and we say die and death a lot. Billy's character to me felt changed like, hey, now he's going to be a bad fighter. He doesn't right. talk like a nerd anymore. 
you know, and he doesn't create inventions to solve problems. He's just kind of there and, oh, I can fix this machine real quick. But in Cosmic Fury, I felt like this is the Billy that we knew. This is the Billy, the, you know, more phenomenal. He say he actually says more phenomenal in Cosmic Fury, but he doesn't say more phenomenal in Once and Always, but he says it in Cosmic Fury. Yes. You know, so yeah. right yeah. there, I'm like, OK, that's an A plus right there. But even then, like he he takes the role of. Hey, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> I can make things. I can build things, as we discover in episode two. And again, later on, like episode four or five, five, right. maybe six. But it's like old Billy. Like it's like Mighty Morphin slash Zeo Billy has come back and he kind of talks the way he used to. He, to be fair, Chris, yeah, his good friend had just died. So to see that he might have a bit of a tood, I think is reasonable. And now that he's had time to deal with it, he can go back to being normal. Well, not too much time because apparently <laughs> once it always happened during Dino Fury at some point, but right. this takes place immediately yeah. after. But no, I mean, again, cool. That's cool. Show me that. Don't tell me that mm-hmm. they didn't show me that in once and always. Yeah. He was more concerned about Zordon and, and alpha 36 or whatever than he was uh the fact that trini died because he never really gets upset that trini died after the fact it's only when men's like hey you suck but anyways (laughs) (laughs) but no to your point chris like i just i i really liked billy in concert fury overall because he does become that nerdy inventor guy he's like sorry i've been missing for a bit but hey here's my new invention and i locked myself in a room sorry to answer your distress (laughs) calls when you guys were screwed (laughs) <laughs> well, no, and, and he takes that mentor role because he's yeah. not with adults. He's with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, Javi, obviously, in, in the second episode, is kind of like, hey, hey, don't got an arm. You know, but Billy just kind of like hangs out. I was like, yeah, I got you. Don't worry. I'll help you. I'll, we'll figure it out. You'll get used to it. And and that's what I like to see out of that character as opposed to. Yeah. But um, at the same time, like he is definitely used in this series as a, well, how are, how are they going to get this? Billy, how are they going to do this? Billy, Billy. <laughs> what's the answer to this? Billy, we can need to take a minute though and talk about how he can build Javi an arm, but he still can't build soul on boobs. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, um, hey, the master morpher just sold out again. Did it really? Oh, wow. Yep. As we're recording this, <laughs> can't wait to get my Master Morpher box. And then, kind of to round out episode one, they go back to Earth. And I like how they reintroduce, like, you know, once they got Ollie back because Amelia transported to the squid drill before it blew up, hit him with like the sleep dino key, and they took him back to Dino Henge. And I like that they brought back all of the secondary characters in this first episode. You got Pop Pop, you got Tarek, you've I got love Tarek. Yeah, he God. Yeah. I know we'll talk about that in our second half, but Tarek is just awesome. <laughs> He's for Tarek, cool. I'm just saying right now. Can I say that I'm really bummed that Pop Up didn't become the purple Key Ranger because he would have been perfect <laughs> with like his back always going out. I know they didn't use the suits or whatever, but that would have been such a funny like if they did use the suits, they could have put him in the purple one because his back's always going out like the old dragon would have been hilarious. Yeah, he would have had a cane and everything to walk. It would have been perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even here at this last bit where they're kind of talking about everything that's happened and kind of regrouping. 
you know, everyone's arguing, not knowing what to do. And then Amelia just kind of steps back, signals to Solon, and Solon lets out, you know, her big roar, and it kind of shuts everyone up. And Reminder, Ollie has been captured by the Power Rangers at this point and is in their ship locked up. Yes. So, yeah, like I said, Amelia went into the ship before, or the squid drill before it blew up, used the sleep dino key on him, and then they all transport back to his base. So they're trying to regroup and figure out what to do with Ollie to cure him. And then, you know, everyone's arguing about what the next course of action is. And that's when, you know, Amelia and Solon kind of calm the situation down. And I like that they're starting to, like, show Amelia take charge of the situation. And I know... Some people might say it might be a little bit of left field for Amelia, but that whole second half of Dino Fury season two, she was already stepping up. And because the bad guys were her parents, like it put her in this position and I just felt like she kept stepping up. So that's why, you know, when she does eventually morph into the red Cosmic Fury Ranger, She's surprised by it, which, you know, we'll talk about, but I just kind of like, even in this first episode, they're really making her step up and kind of be the calm one in in this situation. To that point, I want to point out for Ion, right? Yeah. Ion, to me, in Dino Fury, really kind of felt like after his introduction episode, like that little segment of episodes, whatever, kind of felt like, hey, look, shiny gold ranger. And that was pretty much his role. Yeah. Obviously... He has a different role in Cosmic Fury, but Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that was a little taken back by just how much he cared about Zato. Like, I didn't necessarily feel like, and maybe I'm just misremembering, but I guess I didn't feel like they had that huge, strong, I can't live without you friendship that Ion seems to showcase here in Cosmic Fury. Because, I mean, that guy, like, goes off, there's like, 16 psychiatrists and therapists waiting like to cash a check from him at this point because he is just kind of like i'm in denial i'm up depressed i'm becoming bipolar like he's just like all over the place because zato's missing right and to your point of that like there was that whole thread in dino fury where you know it was found out that or when he was i think when zato was first introduced that it was found out that Zato was the one who, you know, accidentally released the Sporex. And it was like, this is part of the characterization that sucks. And, you know, kind of like those mandates or whatever, because it was in the first season when, you know, this was still Nickelodeon and not Netflix. And Ion was like, I'm going to be the leader of the team because Zato doesn't deserve it. So you're right. It's, that the reactions that he has here, I don't feel quite match what was going on in even Dino Fury season two. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm I'm meaning. It's just it, yeah. it doesn't feel like a believable reaction to the fact that Zato's missing. Because, I mean, this guy's like ready to like just sit down and quit. Yeah. You know, he's just like, we just got him back. I'm like, I didn't know you missed him that much. Like, you seem perfectly <laughs> fine running your cafe, like in the Dino Fury season two finale. Like what? I don't it just yeah. it, to me, it just kind of felt like, I don't know. I just I that one part. I, I do feel I like Ion's character a lot more in Cosmic yes. Fury, a lot more. He has his own character, his own identity. You know, he's funny. His interactions with Billy are great. 
but it just his whole story is Zato, and mm-hmm. that doesn't feel genuine from what we got in Dino Fury. That's just my opinion. Oh, I can see that for sure. So I guess we go on to episode. I mean, that was a long time to talk about episode one, <laughs> but I think it really sets up the stakes. And even though this is a standard like 22, I know when when everyone was talking about it and Simon revealed that, oh, yeah, these are going to be standard length episodes. Everyone's kind of like, oh, but it's Netflix. You can make longer episodes. Even though this was 22 minutes, this was a tight pack 22 minutes. And I feel like all the episodes are kind of like that. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think they do a pretty good job like. I feel like a lot happened in 10 episodes and I know we're just talking about the the front half, but like even in the front half, I think there's only like one episode that I'm kind of like, eh, did we need that plot line? Sure. But besides that, like everything here feels like important. I also also like how it's the Megazord fights are kind of like not always necessarily at like the same point or whatever. Yes. I think that kind of helps as well to where like, you know, typically when you get to like the Megazord fight, it's like, oh, this is the end of the episode or whatever in kind of the more typical format. And when that isn't the case, it kind of makes it feel like you have a longer-ish episode almost if you have stuff after that. Because it kind of makes it feel like it's uh, just sort of, you know, moving everything around. And I, I really do like how that feels with the pacing of all the episodes. And that's kind of been the big argument, like, lately now on Twitter. It's like, what isn't an argument at this point? But <laughs> True. It's using the footage that you do have to work for your story. And so yeah. when you have these plot points, you obviously they looked at, you know, whatever, 50 episodes of Q Ranger and said, OK, these are the Zords we're going to use, because I'll tell you right now, there's no Cerberus. There's no the the rocket ship one, the Ho-Oh. There's no Orion yeah, the no Orion Butler. No, no Orion Butler. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. They're definitely using what they want from Q Ranger. And I like that they stuck with their guns. And I was looking at some of the footage and, you know, they're using an episode one Q Ranger fight in like episode nine or whatever. And it's just they're using it to tell their own story. And that's why I like that, you know, sometimes they'll call the Megazords in like the first five minutes. You're like, wait, what? And yeah. th- and they're using it to their advantage. So, they're, yeah, they're they're telling the story first and they're using right. the footage where it where it works in their story versus mm-hmm. how, OK, how do we fit our story around this footage? Yeah. 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 So episode two is called Beyond Repair. Team Cosmic Fury prepares for a possible invasion from Lord Zed, while Amelia tries to cure an evilized ranger and Javi learns to accept his new loss. This was teleplayed by Maya T, Alwyn Dale, and Becca Barnes, also directed by Michael Hurst. These first three episodes are directed by Michael Hurst. I really enjoyed this episode, especially right in the beginning, because you know, Javi lost his arm and I don't think we were really (laughs) expecting him to (laughs) actually lose an arm, but this is a perfect example of Billy in that mentor role right at the beginning of the episode. Like he's comforting Javi, you know, he's saying he's taking measurements for, you know, his new arm. There's a solution. There's a pep talk. And, you know, like Chris said, this, this is the Billy that 
that I wanted in once and always, but you know, obviously different circumstances, but I like this Billy cause this feels like the Billy of the 30 year evolution of Billy. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Like I know we were, we talked about Billy and everything at length, but I, my favorite iteration of him was always kind of like his Zio, like sort of mentor ish role. So to like see him like fully embrace that with like out there being a Zordon and stuff to also bounce off of, I really like this role for him. And I think that it just, it makes sense with everything that they are going to do that like it would be Billy to be the one that would be like the best like helper in that situation. So mm-hmm. I really did appreciate everything that they did with his character in this season and all the little like, you know, stuff we already talked about, like little references and Easter eggs and stuff with it. It just really added to the whole experience. I forgot to mention, but in the first episode, when Ali uses the cosmic portal, Zato falls through it and is kind of like lost. So in the first part of this episode, Mick goes off with the bear Zord to find Zato and try to track where he went and basically used Ion's vision to, you know, have that memory so that he could find him. So it was just really cool seeing that, that ninja steel suit. (laughs) I just, I I think (laughs) it's, I think it's awesome. Agreed. Lightning collection figure coming in 2026. (laughs) So we get a little time on earth also setting up the stage for what's going to happen with the rest of the season. Izzy is seen talking to Warden Garcia as the green Ranger. We get a little Jane and Jay Borg here in ions cafe. I am so glad that they tone back the Jane and Jay Borg and really only use them when it served the story and they're still funny and they're still those little comedic bits, but they're to serve the story and it's not a whole B plot with them, which again, when you're telling a 10 episode series, you got to cut out the filler and just really focus on the story. So I'm glad that they weren't completely gone, but I'm glad when they were used, they were used well. Yeah. I think they also did a good job of like, I like the the Dino Fury like supporting cast of characters that we mm-hmm. have. I do like a lot, like we were saying about, especially the first episode in this one, how we do get to see all these characters like doing something. And I think it works to have them sort of like hold down the fort on Earth while, you know, the Rangers are off doing their more space related adventures. I think it just mm-hmm. is a fitting thing, because like if they tried to like somehow bring everybody along for like the space adventures, I think it would have really... Uh, boggled down the plot of the show so i think they did a good job like still making sure that like yep they're here they matter they're important but we don't need to see them all the time to like know what they're doing well yeah it it helps with the sense that you saw their ending in dino fury but it was just the ending to dino fury you see that they still exist things are still happening you know it's business as usual so to speak and it, it helps build that connection between the last series and the new series it really does feel like a zeo a mighty morphin yeah. into zeo because it's the same supporting cast is still there they're just maybe not as prevalent as they were previously yeah we get a scene with evil ollie once again he wakes up from when they knocked him out and he's like you know on the table they're being monitored he tries to be that convincing like Oh, I'm better now. And then as soon as he sees Lonnie's communicator, which I'm glad they gave her a communicator, his mom. I'm glad they gave all the like, you know, people who knew their identities, the communicators. I thought that was really cool. But he 
becomes evil again. Amelia holds him back while Lonnie gets out of there and then they lock him in that room. But, you know, Amelia's kind of like, God, what are we going to do? Like, you just seem to be so calm about this. I don't know how you could be calm to her, to Ollie's mom, to Ollie's mom. And she's like, no, I'm terrified. Like, this is my son, but I can't concentrate on the negative. I got to keep moving forward. And I just really like how they're building these lessons naturally into this because Amelia takes what Lonnie says, you know, into the future when how she solves these problems. And it just makes her a better leader because she's listening to the advice that others are giving. Yeah, her. It's, it's building Amelia into the leadership role she's about to take. It's yeah. again, showing, not telling. Yeah. We also get <laughs> a scene with Fern and Izzy kind of packing up and preparing to go away for college. And we get a, you know, a brief talk about, Hey, what are, what are the Ranger duties going to happen? Like, I mean, you still got to do college and university and all that. And then Izzy's like, well, I can just teleport. And then she gets a call like, hey, we we need you. And then a ship has entered the atmosphere. Yeah. And then Fern's like, oh, this is great. Like, this is how it's going to be like. All right. It's also really important at this point, too, because this plays a part as the series goes on is when she is talking to her mm-hmm. dad, when Izzy's talking to her dad as the Green Ranger, he suggests, hey, let's keep this Lord Zed might be coming to invade Earth. Let's keep this yes. on the DL because Fern then in that scene where they're getting ready to go to Oakdale College together mentions, oh, anything I should know about? And Izzy hesitates for a moment like, I should tell her, no, I'm not going to. Oh, no, everything's fine. Everything's yeah. good. So this is part of Izzy's character in Cosmic Fury. And when, and I'll gladly talk about Izzy, especially probably in the, in the second half episodes, sure. because there, there's a lot there, but Izzy kind of has a, an overprotectiveness to her character this season, mm-hmm. especially with Fern, which kind of came across off-putting to me just a little bit. She's kind of a jerk, really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we I don't want to go into like the episodes that sure, are, sure, sure. we're not going to talk about because a lot of it plays out in episode, especially like episode six and stuff like that. But, right. but just even in those first five episodes, they're laying the groundwork. It's like Fern's like, hey, I'm here. I'm an ally. I'm here to help. And Izzy's like, no, go away. Get lost. I don't want you here. You could get hurt. You know, I'm I'm a Power Ranger. You're not. You stay back and let me take care of it. And right. it's, I don't know. I, I, I can't say it feels out of character, I guess, because... I had I was upset when Izzy had that episode with the um the lady from the Special Olympics, the Special Olympics athlete that was in Oh yeah. Right. And in Dino Fury, it's like like Izzy had like a strong like first episode where she's like, I'm a you know, I'm a good person, I'm a great person. And then she's like, Go away, leave me alone. Like the next <laughs> right. episode. I was like, wow, like that turned me off to the character real fast. Like that's not, you know, how you acts, whatever. But it, again, it's like maybe the best way to describe her character in this season is she's very emotionally reaction. Like she, mm-hmm. she reacts emotions like immediately. It's just kind of like, no, I don't, it's not that I can't trust you, but I'm, I don't want you to worry. So I'm not going to tell you the truth and I don't want you to help you stay here. You be good and stay here. You don't come along. You stay here. Go do this. Go clean out this room, which happens in another episode, but in episode three, actually, three, yeah. So we can talk about that. But yeah, that's just my thing with Izzy is is her character is kind of a 
her character exists, I felt, in Cosmic Fury as an opposite to Fern's character. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish it was portrayed a little bit differently, I guess. Sure, sure. You know, it's like it's I, I wish their relationship was more the focus. And that's not true because it is technically relationship based. I don't know. I don't know. I just I, I thought Izzy was just unnecessarily protective or protective protective but almost in a almost in a toxic way sure sure you know what i mean like almost in a toxic way like we all know somebody and and maybe at some point in our lives when we were younger specifically chris and eric sorry josh but you're you're still young but um (laughs) when you're really young and you don't have experience in relationships you don't know what to do like you become overprotective you know what i mean like you're like no don't do that no don't do that no i don't want you to do that no you stay here i'll take care of that or i don't want you possibly getting hurt same with being a parent Mm-hmm. you know like i don't let my kids touch anything like no don't touch that you could get hurt no don't do that you could get hurt without having the ability to trust them to make their own decisions because right. you know they're good people and that's the kind of character that izzy really seems to portray in these first early episodes with fern mm-hmm. and it's just it made me sad because i sat there i found it myself i'm like izzy you bother me and i don't like that because you're one of my favorite characters why why are you bothering me with your attitude right now Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot. And I think episode three really focuses on on that part of it. But quickly in in episode two, the dew drip comes back. They take care of him in the Megazord or, you know, with all the Zords, they do that Cosmic Fury blast. Again, not even like 10 minutes into the episode and they're doing a Megazord fight. And it's like, just quick, get it out of the way to serve a bigger plot point, which is that, you know, Billy theorizes, Hey, if this guy's an advanced guard, Lord Zed's forces are coming. And then we see Javi gets his new arm, which jerks around and almost knocks Izzy into an ominous red bun on the console, which we'll get to, but again, (laughs) a plot MacGuffin. (laughs) Yeah. Building things up for sure. And then they try this, plan where they hide Dino Henge and are trying to use one of these devices from the last season when they broke his spell, thinking that the pure morphin energy coming from Ollie's Triceratops statue will like purge him of whatever's going through him. So Izzy has to use the shield Dino key while Ion and Billy kind of fight outside of the the shield dome, anyone that might try to interfere with that. And so during this time, obviously Fern is looking for Izzy because she said she'd be back at a certain point in time. We get a brief scene with Izzy's mom and Fern. And then in the middle of, of this fight, Fern just shows up. And that's riding in on her bike comes riding in on her bike. And that's when Izzy starts to lose focus and the plan starts to fall apart. This whole scene I thought was, was just really cool. I always like when they use the dino sleeves and the keys, I was not expecting as much key footage as we got from these early episodes, but they, they just really went all for it. We also get yeah, Javi like, really abandoned at the end of Dino Fury. So yeah. to see them use it at all was really a welcome surprise. Yeah. And then with Javi's new arm, he doesn't want to be left out of the fight when things start going bad. So he says, look, 
I don't even know if I can morph with this thing. Like, I'm just going to go out there. And he, like, forces his arm to do the transport and morph. And it's so cool that we get to see his arm in both costumes because yeah. he has the arm with the Dino Fury suit. And I just think this whole scene, like there's great action with the Zentinels and Billy is just kicking it in this. And so is Javi. <laughs> yeah. I think it also works that like, since the Dino Fury suits already have like that arm gimmick, like yeah. an arm, an arm, like, armor Th- that's thing. why it, it look- kind of already works yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I i like how it looks on his i mean i like how it looks on the cosmic fury suit too but i think it also really fits well on his dino fury suit so i thought it was cool that they had it on both of them and then we get they try to put ollie into this situation like everything's set up and i just think kai moya does some awesome acting in this whole series i think this is a real highlight I always hated in Dino Fury when he was such a jerk, but now they really put that jerk to like 110% in Cosmic Fury because he's evil. And, you know, I'm sure Kai Moya is a nice guy in real life, but man, he can play a real jerk. <laughs> yeah, he, he made like his entire acting in Cosmic Fury made me go from like probably like my least favorite Dino Fury Ranger to like one of my favorites. Like I just, I really liked everything in him. I was not going to get a Dino Fury Blue Ranger figure, and then I decided to ask for one for my birthday after uh, <laughs> seeing Cosmic here because I'm like, I need, I need Ollie. I don't care what version I have of Ollie. I just need, and it works because even his Lightning Collection figure kind of has the whole <laughs> face on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just gonna put him with the rest of the bad guys. Like he's not gonna be with Sato. He's just gonna be by himself. But no, you're right. Uh, Kai Moya as a villain is phenomenal and he absolutely kills it the entire season and every episode that he's evil in as you go forward like gets better and better and better like by the time when we get to episode four we'll talk about it but like like holy cow like i'm i am 100 sold bring him back if they ever do another in-universe power ranger season just bring him back make him evil and just leave (laughs) him evil just make him a villain he's forever a villain from here on out he's the only evil ranger that you need period the end A hundred percent. And then things go badly pretty quickly. Lord Zed arrives after the shield drops. Javi transported Fern to inside the base and they kind of forget about her, which is at the end of this episode. That's the, (laughs) the tease. And Lord Zed destroys all of their statues except Ollie's because he's evil he pledges his loyalty to Lord Zed, so Zed spares his statue, and they all lose their powers. Ali proves his loyalty to Zed by chucking his dino saber at Amelia, like completely scratching her face, and Zed has this line, oh, I do love an evil ranger, which is a great callback, but everyone retreats back to the ship. Zed calls down a squid drill, and then... Solon pushes the big button MacGuffin, <laughs> which is basically a MacGuffin an, button. MacGuffin button. I just love when they set that up because they're like, yeah, nobody's ever touched this button in like 65 million years. I don't know, you know, what is it going to do? And see, that's, I'm glad that they clarified this because when I reviewed like Dino Fury season one and two, you know, there was all this talk about, well, obviously that looks like a ship. And <laughs> 
I love that this series confirmed that, well, maybe like it was their base, but it was transported to earth. You know, that was what the bun was originally used for. And now that the bun was pushed again in this emergency, which flung them like in a different galaxy almost. And there was always plans to make the base into a ship, which becomes very important in this series. And that was one of the things I always speculated. I was like, isn't that just a buried ship? Like that's how they got to earth. But I kind of like how it all worked out with everything towards yeah. the end of this episode. A couple of things. One, if it was that easy to destroy their statues, like why didn't someone do it a long well, time ago? <laughs> I, mean, I know it's plot, but it's just like they're just out there in the forest just chilling. Like they're not really that protected. So I thought that was funny. Also, it like sends them to the Dune planet. So they're in Dune now. Well, they were they were destroyed in season one at the end. Tarek destroyed all of the statues and then the Morphin Masters reassembled them for season okay, two. So they couldn't put them back this time because they were in the jar. Exactly. <laughs> I, I do like Zed's line too, because you know, all the Rangers are kind of laying there in the middle of the field. He's like, I don't know your weakness, yeah. Billy, but I know theirs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's like cool to be like, cool. So they get teleported across the galaxy, hundreds of light years, millions of light years. I forgot how many light years. It is a lot of light years to the planet. Eridus. Yes. But also, like, he knows Billy's weakness. He just blew up the command center again. <laughs> <laughs> Send Goldar down there to wander around with some explosives. Or just grind their power coin and hope there's not another Sentinel Knight out yeah. there somewhere that could... <laughs> also, I feel like it was a missed opportunity to rebuild the base into the spaceship from Q-Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of missed opportunities with Q-Ranger in this, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Episode two ends with Fern being like, um, yeah, this is a big problem because now I'm stuck here too. Well, yes, because so Amelia is giving the pep talk at the end right. of season two. Like, hey, you know what? We have each other. We have Billy. You know, we have one Ranger. We have Billy. We have each other. We have Solon. You know, that's all we need. Things are going to be fine. And, and Fern's like, fine? You call this fine? And Izzy's like... <laughs> Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia's like, we're going to be fine. We have Billy Ferns also here. And uh, yeah. And then the episode ends with Netflix asking if you'd like to watch the credits. <laughs> <laughs> you hit no, and then it goes to the next episode. So episode three is called Off Grid. Stranded on a faraway planet with no powers, Team Cosmic Fury scrambles to figure out a way home while Earth suffers an invasion from enemy forces. And this is such a key episode because it establishes the planet they're on that stakes that they're you know kind of like lost in space or whatever and it is this situation where you really don't you don't see any power rangers until the end and immediately billy goes into hey we've got a morphin master staff we've got all this junk lying around let me think of something you've got a dino fury key and the staff yes. reacts to the key i think i can come up with something do you solon do you have a burger <laughs> solon like any any one of us goes what self-respecting hoarder wouldn't have one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's that kind of like Star Trek techno babble, which I 
which I just love. But before Billy completely sequesters himself, this whole time, Javi's just trying to relax a little bit, play a guitar. His new robotic arm just shreds the strings. He's super frustrated. But once again, Billy is that mentor. He's like, hey, I'll help you restrain. Just, you know, you'll have to help me tune it. And just being that supportive, just nice, always there for his friends, Billy. And affirmative. Affirmative. <laughs> and all of the Rangers are kind of like accepting their situation. I mean, obviously, it's a huge, bad situation, but except they're making Ion. the most of it. Yeah, except Ion. <laughs> but we get a scene of Izzy and Fern kind of cleaning out the spare rooms, and Fern finds plans that Solon made to expand the base and that. Yeah, there's way more rooms here than I think you guys even know about. And it's just kind of that like whole world building. And like, I really like the ship. Like I've always liked ships in Star Trek and, you know, Terra Venture or the Astro Mega ship. Like there's all these like rooms and it just feels like a lived in space. And I like that, you know, we get a kitchen and we get, you know, their bunks and the, you know, it just builds upon what we already seen in in Dino Fury. And again, we're, we're talking about building on top of everything that's happened before. And this episode is, I think, a great way that showcases that, you know, they didn't have Power Rangers through 90% of this episode. And it was driven by the characters. I feel like the whole squid or the worm thing was a little bit drawn out, but this was definitely like Ion's episode because he wasn't taking any of this situation well. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he I, again, this goes back to my argument where suddenly he's like, I can't live without Zato. I don't care about Earth. Zato's missing and no one seems to care that Zato's missing. And it's like we all care, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, yeah, well, but it's, yeah. it's really it's really an Ion and Amelia episode because yes. it's Ion basically showcasing that he's completely broken. He's just mentally not there. He's he's ready to call it quits. He's ready to put in the towel like nothing's going right. He's frustrated. Mm. And it's Amelia that grounds him back down to, I was going to say earth, but that doesn't really fit the situation, but grounds him down, so to speak, and then helps build him back up using the same stuff that Ollie's mom taught her, which is right. we need to focus on what we can fix, you know, so let's do this and then we'll do this. Let's not worry about what we can't fix, worry about what we can so it's it's really good at, at building her up to eventually take that leadership role at the end of the episode. Yes. But then also helping turn Ion back into a character that's not just like, <laughs> you know. Woe is me. But it's it's really, I thought yeah. the acting between the two of them is really good because there's, oh, yeah. there's that scene where they're in the kitchen or whatever after the first worm encounter. So after they've mm -hmm. gotten the food and stuff and he's cooking and stuff, it's like Amelia just really comforts him and like i said builds him back up and he grows confidence in her and suddenly amelia everyone's kind of leaning on amelia and waiting for amelia to make a decision and stuff like that so it's it's we'll get to the whole yeah. zato amelia thing as we progress through episode four and five here but by the time the end of the episode rolls around and she gets her new color it doesn't feel forced it feels mm -hmm. natural. It feels like, yeah. oh, this makes sense, you know, based on yeah. everything that's been happening. This is exactly what makes sense. And and I'll save my commentary for when we get to that part of the story. But sure. And that's how things break down. They try to get 
not in contact with Earth because they can't send a signal that far, but they can get signals back. And they use the receiver all the way back from like season one, those first couple episodes with the the transmissions. And they're setting it up. That's where they get the worm thing. And then when they finally do get a transmission from Earth, we get another Power Rangers tie-in with Grid Battle Force, General Shaw kind of giving out her orders saying, you know, we've had invasions before, but we're still here. You know, Earth is united. And that kind of like world building that we've seen throughout kind of the last five or six years of Power Rangers for this, like, you know, Hasbro, Neo Saban era. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite aspects of the Hasbro is just like acknowledging that there are other seasons out there and making them all feel like it's a bigger universe. I Even with just the smallest little connections, I... I've always appreciated that. Oh, yeah. Like Dino Fury and Beast Morphers felt incredibly connected. And Cosmic Fairy does a good job of making sure you understand that they're still very connected. And then, you know, we have that scene where, you know, Amelia builds up Ion again. And then they were able to receive the transmission from Mick, who says, hey, I'm on the planet Lavinia. I think I found Zato. You guys got to come here right away. Ollie has also intercepted that transmission and shows Lord Zed. So Lord Zed orders Squillia's dance crew to <laughs> go with him, kind of setting up what happens in the next episode. But we get the great scene that finally they get their powers. Billy rolls out his invention with the Morphin Master staff. He's built completely new morphers. He's like, I thought it would make sense to keep the dinosaur theme. Great callback. I love that. And yeah, they power it up. We get this connection to the morphin grid echoing the first couple episodes of season one of Dino Fury, where there's that crack, you see the morphin grid energy and these orbs come through the rift and gives them their all new powers. And they have the morph sequence. And what do you guys think about the morph sequence? I thought it was perfectly fine. I, I like how it still feels similar to the Dino Fury one. Mm -hmm. Like in a way, I like the little like, I don't know exactly how to describe it, like the little flick motion of the orb thing that they do or whatever. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I love that whole little thing. And overall, I just it's I think it's probably one of my favorite like looks of the suits i think they look pretty decent in like mm -hmm. a cgi background <laughs> void world or whatever that is <laughs> and so whatever that's happening i think that kind of helps them sort of look a little bit better than some of the just like shots of them in action which is probably not the best thing but i overall i thought it was a perfectly like serviceable morph sequence for this and i uh it's probably like not one of my all-time favorite ones but it's, it's not like i have like a hierarchy yeah. morphs in my opinion so i think it's perfectly good one thing i did want to bring up real quick i loved 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 the line that zato's like hey now i got a morpher that matches you guys like i just thought that was a nice you're in a whole different episode now oh am i yeah, no we're in episode three get the powers at the end of episode three zato they don't find him until the very end of episode four that's this scene he's like hey now i have a morpher like you guys I'm talking about the end of episode three right now. This is where, where Are we're you talking at. about Ion and you're saying Zato. Wow. What the f 
Am I? Because <laughs> I'm like he would have uh, Zeta would have had him more for like. Did you feel time. my glasses going up? I was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't realize we'd be talking like over two hours about this, but yeah, we need to step it up. I think if we spend forty minutes on each episode, it's going to be a five-hour-long episode. Yeah, I, I can't, and I'm supposed to edit it for this Saturday. No, I just really like the fact that that Ion has like, hey, I've, I've got a morpher like you guys. I thought that was just a neat, kind of like a nice touch. Like, hey, I'm not, like, he just says, now I match you guys. I just, it was a small line, but I really appreciate it. That's all yeah. I'm going to say about that. As far as the morph itself, like, it's it's indifferent to me. Like, you could tell me that's a Dino Fury morph and just a different costume at the end, and I believe sure. you, because, you know, whatever, it's the same overall aesthetic. The one point I want to bring out in this episode that I like, going back to that show versus tell. So in episode two, Fern is showing up at the base or whatever she's on a bike and they teleport her the bike everything into the base yes. and in episode three when ion saves the day from the worm monster he's on that bike yes so they introduced something <laughs> in episode two and it paid off in episode three but they didn't have to call attention to it the plot didn't have to circle around oh what are we gonna do with this bike hmm, this bike is here good thing <laughs> we have that bike i wonder if i'm ever gonna ride the bike again you know, and that is something they used to do in, in previous seasons. So that's just one of those story yeah. elements that I like that it's like, hey, they're respecting that people pay attention to these things and you don't have to always call out a plot device every 30 seconds to remind you that it's there. Yeah, it just it feels more natural overall. Uh, the morph sequence for me, I liked it because I like that difference because in Dino Fury, the only ones that are confident in their morph are Zato and Ion because they've done this like a bunch of times and in the dino fury morph the rest of them are just kind of like whoa but in the cosmic fury morph all of them are confident and you know they do the flip i think the only way that this works is with bert Salen's music because his music just like gets me pumped for the morph sequence agreed and then right at the end amelia's like i i thought it was like super cute because she's like this is just a really dark shade of pink. And then let Maybe me take off my helmet. And then she realizes, no, I'm red. And immediately her first thought is not like, oh, cool. I'm red. It's like, oh, my God, does this mean Zato is dead? Like immediately her thoughts go to her friends. And Billy's like, no, no, no. The Morphin Grid saw something in you. And I just I like the explanation for that. Yeah. Her reaction to it. I like, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the whole Zato versus Amelia thing sure. or whatever. That's not even something I want to bring up, but the fact that she is one surprised and then two incredibly hesitant because she's like, I no, 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 I can't be red. That's Zato's color. Zato's our leader. Not me. I can't, I can't be red. This is a mistake. And then immediately after that, like, Oh God, wait, does this mean Zato's gone? Like, am I red because there is no Zato anymore? Right. I thought was, was she's the reluctant leader. Yes which I feel is a much more for that whole argument between Zato, Amelia, whatever I felt it is story-wise. It felt right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the story, I'm like, okay, like I'm not, I'm not upset, but in the story-wise it makes sense. And the characters did a good job portraying it. Like, Hey, you know, the Morphin Grid has chosen you to be the Red Ranger for a reason. It doesn't mean anything about the last one. Right but it saw something in you and you were going to be the leader of the power Rangers cosmic fury. 
And I like that immediately her friends and Javi's the first one to bring it up. He's like, hey, it makes sense to me. You're helping us out. You've helped us out this whole time. We've been on this crazy, stupid planet. And then we get the emergency signal from Mick that, hey, I don't know why you guys aren't responding, but you guys got to get to this planet because Zed's already here. And then we end the episode with Amelia saying, let's go for the Zords and immediately go into episode four called Teamwork. Ali races Team Cosmic Fury to find Zato, but the Zenith Rangers location is anyone's guess. They better move fast, though. Lord Zed's forces loom. This is a huge episode just for many reasons, because in the last episode, Scrozzle gave Ollie like this box. He's like, oh, when you see this, you'll understand what it means. And we don't get to see those contents. But here we do, because episode four starts him off on the planet Laveria with a dark blue Dino Fury saber, which definitely gives me like Wolzard <laughs> or Korag oh, yeah. vibes. For sure. And then there's this big quest to find. Oh, well, I mean, it starts off right away. I, we're not even going to. Sorry, here, I'm I'll all over the place. Right I can now. Re, I'll recap <laughs> for you real sure. fast. Here, here's yeah. Chris's recap real quick. OK, so they're going to this other planet because Zato's supposed to be there. Ollie wants to get there first to finish Zato off. He convinces Lord Zed that he needs a team to help him because that's what the Rangers use. So that's the way they're going to defeat him is by using a team of bad guys. The Rangers get mixed distress signal. They go to the planet as well because Zato and they happen to run into Ollie and his team right off the bat. And Ollie's like, ha ha ha. Y'all are screwed now because you're not Power Rangers. But guess what? And he does the oh coolest my villain morph <laughs> of all time and comes up with the coolest looking suit I have seen for a Power Ranger. And it makes me look at those Cosmic Fury suits and go, <laughs> what the hell? Because I want a figure of, of Ollie's evil suit. Oh my God, so badly. And I can't wait to see what, hopefully they'll have a reaction, what fans in Japan have to say, like, you know, Ooh, Ryu Soldier yeah. fans in Japan say about this new suit because it looks fantastic. It's incredible. And it feels like a Sentai suit. First off, I'll say that. It feels like Plex made this suit. I'm sure that's not the case because, you know, Simon Benes praised the production designers and everything, but it feels like something I would see in the Sentai. And it just feels so different from the Cosmic Fury suits. And when this showed up, we were all like, what the? I mean, we were losing <laughs> our minds with this suit. It mm. is so well designed. And I want to say that those like the two Raptors, it's kind of like a take on that cosmic key. Yeah, it does remind me of that a lot. And yeah, so they whatever base that they built that on, it just looks great. I love the red trim of the. The symbol, the lightning, bolt, the lightning yeah. bolt going down. Well, and I like that they, I know you mentioned the, the saber already, but like, I like that they even changed like the red the on morpher. the morpher to be like yeah. purple and everything. Like, I just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, also I'm more biased towards like the color purple and everything. I love purple. Sure. So <laughs> seeing that kind of thing here, I'm going to love the suit regardless. But yeah, I just. They even, they even changed the helmet. They made the helmet look more yeah, evil. There's yeah. more spikes to it. It just. It's such a cool design. It's I, very foreboding. Like yeah. you notice it when that suits on screen, you notice it. Your eyes go to it. 
like it, the reds are accented perfectly. The shoulder pads are just, you know, it just screams evil ranger when you see it. Yeah. yeah it kind of has like some death ranger influence as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the actual like full team morph and roll call. And I kind of hate that they did this because as we'll see later on, there's other team members or cosmic fury rangers that don't get to do their full intro like everyone did here didn't even realize that not until you just said that <laughs> that's true and it pisses me off yeah. because i love when they do their roll call and that music is surging and javi's is the best one he flips that axe guitar and does a and it like the music that bert Selen does ties in with that guitar rift it's just so cool and i'm so pissed that other Cosmic Fury Rangers don't get this. And I know it's because of story, but I wish they squeeze it in like one last roll call or something. Oh, yeah, it's it's episode four in this battle between the Cosmic Fury Rangers and evil Blue Ranger Ollie is if the first three episodes were a buildup, this is the payoff. Yes. For this part here, because it's like, you know, this is their first time seeing Ollie face to face since he got away from him. They know that Earth is under attack from Lord Zed. At this point, they also know that Earth has been almost conquered for the most part. Yeah. You know, so their goal now is we're going to get Zato and we're going to get the F out and we're going back to Earth. But first, we got to go through Ollie. And that morph, Amelia's got so much sass in that morph. Oh my, that, that like that hip thing mm-hmm. that she does. <laughs> I was like, damn, girl. Okay. You got some attitude. I like it. And she traded the pink jacket. She just dyed it red, I guess. (laughs) Found some red dye or whatever. Went into Zato's closet and chopped some stuff up. Exactly. So you come to find out that we've got like an avatar situation here where the planet is alive. And there's only like one city on the planet, which kind of deals with the, uh, I think the Zord fight that happens in this. But Ollie's like hunting them through this forest just to find out where Zato is so he can destroy him. And you find out that Zato was kind of on his last legs after crash landing on the planet. We also see Mick uh, Mick Morph, by the way. Yes, we do see Mick Morph. Because they they get on the Megazord to fight the Squidrel. Yeah. Because the Squidrel is going to destroy the city. Yeah. So they take out the Squidrel real quick and then they go to find... Zato through the forest and they discover when Ion tries to pick the fruit because he's hungry, the trees keep hitting him. <laughs> Which was when, when it first happened, it was so random. And and we were all kind of like, what the hell is going on? Because he's, he's like, ah! he's like, ah, yeah, it was unintentionally funny, but uh, I, I like how they played that. And, you know, Mix being Mick, he like flies back. He was like, I was a bird when I saw all this happen. And <laughs> And Javi's like, just retrace your flaps. <laughs> and so Mick does. Literally, he flaps around and goes, caca, caca, caca. And you get a scene of a drone flying through the forest and the echo in the background. Caca, <laughs> like, it's stupid humor, but I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So while everyone is fighting the squid drill, Ion goes to find Zato finds the tree that they were looking for, pulls him out of it. And the reason they found out this information is because both Amelia and Ion realize that the planet is alive. And with their Rafconian telepathy, they're able to connect with the planet and find out the whole situation. 
we get an ominous message that Zato should be happy with the time he has left, which, you know, obviously comes to play later in the series. And they defeat the squid drill with Mick's help, who Mick is in the pink bird sword, which I love. So that's what I love about this whole like switching Zord situation is because for the most part, they try to keep them in the same color Zord when they can. But when they don't, I like the substitutions that that they make. First, I was a bird. Now I'm in a bird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then at the end, he's like, hey, can I use this to fly back to my planet and, you know, let everyone know what's going on, which I thought was a nice touch. And then the episode ends with Zato returning with the Rangers to the ship. And something we kind of glossed over in episode three was when Billy brought those morphers out. He brought out six and Solon makes the comment as she holds the two extra morphers. One's for Ollie and one's are for. Exactly. So that's how Zato gets his or whatever. And he does the morph. So he does his, you know, morph or whatever he gets his. uh, I forget. I think it's an instant morph in this one. Uh, um, I want to say it's an instant morph and he gets the full morph in the next episode or episode six, but he calls himself the Zenith Ranger. And they're like, why did you, why Zenith? Billy's the one that's like Zenith, huh? That's an interesting choice. And he's like, oh, that's what the Morphin Masters called me. And his weapon is the red Morphin Staff because it, it flies right to him and he does the pose that's the pose that he would have done in that full sequence. Yes. <laughs> so, so I hope someone can edit that with like the cool music and, you know, get rid of the background. I'm sure someone will work on that. And then, you know, it's been kind of hinting at that. Oh yeah. Billy's kind of turning this place into a spaceship. And that's what I love throughout these past few episodes, the establishing shots of the ship. Like first you see it as the base and then in one shot, it's got like a tent in the front because that's where Billy's like constructing the cockpit. And so I just love those like interstitial moments where you just see the progress of how everything's happening. Yeah. I want to add just some context on this episode. So episode four is, is both my favorite and least favorite episode in this first segment. Mm. The only reason it's my least favorite, I hate to be that negative person, but some of the writing when they're talking to the trees is some of like Ugh. the most elementary and worst writing. I mean, it, it's 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 standard Power Rangers writing at this point. Yeah. But they're like yeah. trees. Listen, we're not your enemy. Ollie's your enemy. They want to stop Zato. Yeah, Zato's on your side, and he's our friend. You have to stop Ollie. And so the trees do. That's literally almost verbatim what yes. the conversation is. Pretty much. Obviously, they yeah. Someone was like, yeah, okay, sure, Appro- approved. <laughs> film it you know that's the only part is is that scene took me out of the episode and i struggled to get back in because that i mean everything with the ollie fight was like perfect like ollie's like red you're red what but yeah getting zato back having him with a cool suit he's a zenith ranger you know now we're up to five rangers you know they're working on the spaceship they're working on a way home but now they got zato back it's like all right here we go and, and he is totally accepting of amelia as the red mm-hmm. ranger he's like i love it i think it's great i'm proud of you i'm so happy yeah, and then we move into episode five. I oh, I totally glossed over. There was a little bit of a throwaway line in episode three where they're commenting on the loss of the powers, and Billy was like, 
Oh yeah. And at one point I was like a wolf ninja and it's just, I love that little detail. Like it was like a wolf ninja. What a downgrade. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So episode five is the last one we're talking about tonight. It's called rock out. When Bajillia discovers a long lost Zord on a mining planet, the Rangers must create a musical distraction to stop her from using it as a war weapon. This is such an out-of-pocket episode (laughs) because (laughs) when those press releases or when those press images got leaked or or came out, there was that one where they're all in like weird costumes and everyone's like, what the hell is this? This is that episode. Yeah, Ion's dressed like Fury from Dino Charge, essentially, and like all these other things. (laughs) Yeah, there's, I mean, they said they were using things from like around the ship and just kind of cobbled things together. But I like that in that they gave uh, an excuse to like, you know, throw in some Easter eggs for fans. Yeah. So they basically come up with this plan as a musical distraction because Javi's just rocking out with all the pans drumming and he's just trying to let out his frustrations with a rock song, which he creates. Everyone seems to hate it. Fern's kind of rocking out to it. And then this is where they get the plan to crash what's happening because there's a intergalactic live stream from some Beetlejuice looking guy talking with bajillionaire about the Zord that they found while mining. And it is the purple dragon Zord. Oh, uh, this is the one I fell asleep during. That's why I don't remember this. one. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up at the end when they got the dragon. I'm like, Oh, that's neat. <laughs> I will just say I will I will never forget the day I heard Power Rangers chanting satanic as part of the song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, whoa. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll fly through this one pretty quick. They sneak into this base because they pretend to be these evil monsters. They set up to put on a rock show. And Fern is also there as their backup drummer. And this but is where why? You- why? Because it was her plan. No, because they are worried that Ollie will figure out that oh, Zato's not part of the crew. Yes. Because he doesn't know that Fern's with them. So they're going to put six of them in this band. So he thinks that all six are together when Zato's actually off sneaking by himself to get the Dragon Sword. That's true. Let me put my, push my glasses up. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a rash by the end of this episode, Chris. <laughs> but yeah, this this song, they're like, you know, S-A-D, sadistic, M-A-D, narcissistic, like... But yeah, you're right, Chris. I never thought I'd hear the word sadistic in Power Rangers. I was like, I heard that. I was like, whoa, okay. This is that Netflix creative freedom. Exactly. That Netflix money. (laughs) Ollie gets a cool leather jacket. (laughs) And he's kind of talking with, with Scrozzle and he's like, no, something's really going on. I'll take control of the Zord. I'll get back at them. But well, he's, he's pissed off because he's pissed off because Bajilia broadcast that the Zord was yes. here. And he's like, that's so stupid. Now the Rangers are coming. Like, it's just a matter of time. Like, why would you do that? Why is she doing stupid, stupid things? And Scrozzle's like, <laughs> and the last episode ended with, you know, Lord Zed having that talk with Ollie, like talking about, you know, I had to take things for myself and, you know, I couldn't rely on anyone else. I, you have to be the most evil and just, you know, do it. And that's Ollie's trying to prove to Lord Zed that, you know, he's a great evil person. And 
yeah, he figures out that it's it's them. He takes off Izzy's mask and she's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And then we get another fight the whole time. Izzy is worried about Fern, and this was her whole concern from the beginning, why she didn't want Fern to be on the mission, was because she was afraid that she would get hurt. And that's kind of like the crux of, you know, where this all comes to a head. And it also happened in episode three because she yes. wanted to help with the worm problem, and Izzy refused to let her. She goes, just just stay here and 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 make up Billy's room for him. Which again goes back to my point with things that bothered me about Izzy this season was just she's just mm-hmm. very like, no, Fern, you stay here. You be the what they call him a house cat. You be the house yeah. cat. Yeah. And she even makes a comment, oh, I guess I'm house cat again. I think in episode six or, or seven. Zato, while the whole battle was going on, since he was undercover, his plan worked because he gained control of the Dragon Zord. This is it was my favorite Zord in Q Ranger. It's my favorite Zord in Cosmic Fury. I I love this Zord so much. Yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorites too. Also, just like the combination when it's in Mega Zord mode. Yeah, I, li- I like just the design of that whole thing, and it's purple. So once again, <laughs> I really like purple. <laughs> the Dragon Zord was unexpected. I didn't think we were gonna get the Dragon Zord. I thought we'd get just the ten Zords, and that'd mm-hmm. be it. I didn't even think we'd get 10. I thought we'd get like six or seven tops. Yeah, so to get same. all t- to get 10, the main 10, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. But, you know, it's it's cool. That I, I I laugh because it's like the Rangers went undercover, like in these elaborate costumes, and Ollie figured them out in like 10 seconds. Yeah, Z- <laughs> Zato was literally morphed and just put his cape over his head. He, he definitely pulled an Andros in this one. <laughs> he just literally put a cape over his head and walked through like with the staff. And everyone's like, oh, hi there, stranger. <laughs> And yet the Rangers are actually like full cosplay and they're discovered within seconds. So (laughs) back at the base, this is towards the end of the episode, just to close it out. Billy has completed the cockpit for the ship and then they decode the message from Earth that Tarek was about to get out. And Amelia, you know, is worried about, you know, her dad and everyone on Earth. But he kind of gives the situation of like, Hey, Amelia, your mom's going to have this kid or your little sister anytime soon. There's so many civilians captured, like things are bad. And so he says, there's also an anti-Zord force field and all the squid drills on earth project part of the force field. And it's like Christmas lights. If one goes down, they all go down. So they're putting this plan into motion and we get the ending scene back on planet Eltar. And that was kind of another thing we glossed over because it's been like almost three hours and I've been talking about this. But yeah, Zed set up his base on Eltar, which was a huge thing that we never got to see Eltar in the show ever. So to have it be the base for Lord Zed is... Eltar is the home planet of Zordon and Alpha 5. Yeah. Unfortunately, no Zed comic reference, but no, but different continuities. I know, but I just meant like a little tease <laughs> just for fun. I didn't but they did it not say that. So I'm it's whatever I, I can fit it in. And then so the, what the real important thing is Squillia mentions that she has a new boyfriend and she snaps some selfies with him and Bajilia's like, Squillia Shar Olivia Nair, like that. I love that she uses the full name and she shows pictures of Heckle and it's Ryan Carter. He's back. 
And so they tease him with these ridiculous selfies. This is after they mention there's a spy on board. Like yes. Tarek mentions they have a spy. You don't know who the spy <laughs> is. You assume yes. the spy is Heckle, obviously, because you're like, wait a second, why is Heckle there? But yeah, they don't they don't connect that dot until the next episode. But yeah. yes. Yes, Heckle Heckle is there with his goggles on. He is beautiful, glorious. Yeah. And I am happy. So overall, I really enjoyed how they set up these first five episodes. I will say, just as a spoiler alert, I love the back half more than the first half. But the only way you can get a strong second half is if you have a solid foundation of the first half. And so I think this first half of episodes does a really good job setting the stakes, giving us great moments with some of the villains, especially Ollie. I think Ollie is a standout. I think Javi is a standout. And I also love when when Zato comes back and he's back to being a ranger as well. I think it's a solid first five episodes. No, it's it's probably the first. Well, granted, <laughs> it's the strongest first five episodes, but they're also working as like one story the first 20 episodes essentially of the whole series considering yeah. that the most series are 40 episodes but no what they, what they managed to accomplish and, and i think what's most important for me is that the pacing never felt rushed mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it totally is it didn't feel it right you know i mean they cover a lot but they're also treating the audience with respect that they're able to catch things and pick up on things and i want to say you can tell it's not network television because it's not there's no moral of the day. There's no lesson of the day. There's no, you know, have to end the story with a gag and everyone's laughing together at the hangout place or whatever. It's nice. And I, I did feel the rock thing was kind of weird. If I'm being completely honest, like it's just, it's just weird. Yeah. You know, like it, it it's fine. Like I'm not like upset by it, but it was weird. But if the payoff's the dragon sword, I'm okay with it. And I just love the shot when they morph and then they blast the confetti. I just that's it's, <laughs> it's so they, stupid they and perfect. They use it in the opening too, which was yeah. just great. <laughs> that, that okay, that is something I want to bring up real yes, quick. I, that is the, the one thing. The one thing. The openings drive me nuts because sometimes they spoil things that happen in the episode. No, they totally spoil things. Like every episode, whatever happens in the episode is in the intro. Yeah, like just straight up. Yeah. So if if and I'm gonna put that as a PSA on Maybe the 29th. Maybe skip the openings. Skip the open. If you want to go in a hundred percent spoiler free, skip the openings because yeah. otherwise and then you're watch gonna... them later because they're cool. They're right. cool, yeah. but it's skip them for your first watch. Yeah, because like I really like them and I like that they change, but they just I wish they would all change one episode later. <laughs> like... Yes, yes, yes. I don't need to know. For example, if there is another Power Ranger that shows up, I don't need to know that they're there in the intro. I'd like to find out in the episode. You know, especially if it's a main character that's going to stick around for a few episodes. Granted, let's be real, we were all spoiled on that stuff well beforehand anyway, so we knew it. I will say when I've when I've watched it with a friend or two here on Saturday, the 30th of September, I I did make it a point to to skip the intro. I made it a point to skip the intro because I wanted I wanted to see their surprise. I didn't want them to be spoiled in the intro. So please, if you if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, skip the intros for now. Go back, go back and watch them after the fact. Or when you go back and rewatch it, because let's face it, you're going to go back and rewatch Cosmic Fury. It is a series that you binge. And then over the course of the next three days, you watch all over again. Also, I like how you assume that they haven't watched it yet. 
Listen to us just dis- <laughs> listen to us discuss the first five episodes and are now being told not to watch it. If you haven't, I I he did it. preface it. <laughs> there are people like me who still haven't seen oh I don't know every single Marvel Disney Plus series. I have not watched a single one. But did you watch a podcast listening to everyone talk about it all the way through before you watched it? No, I listened to one though. Fair. <laughs> Chris is tired. Chris is. I'm I'm tired too. I, I and I'm I'm tired of all the Chris, editing. I'm gonna. And, have to and I'm gonna say this with all, as much love as I can. Chris does not give a shit enough about Power Rangers to talk about it for four hours. I'm sorry, guys. I love you to death. I love you as individuals, but I don't care enough about that. Hey, I was trying to make this like an hour and a I half, know. two hours tops. I know, but you should know that that never happens. <laughs> yeah. I, Here's I the know. thing. Obviously, obviously, me and Eric adore Cosmic Fury in different yes. ways. Josh has a has a, a a nice grasp on it, but Josh is a little bitter right now at, at, at all things Hasbro. Yeah. Chris Long was just like, yeah, I'll be on the podcast. Why not? That is essentially the dichotomy that's happened here in this yeah. episode. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I watched it. I liked it. But I'm just like, yeah, that was cool. And now I'm on to the <laughs> next thing. it up perfectly. That is a nice my that is my mindset. I did love it though. I did because love the problem the is there's just too many things in the world anymore. There's just too there much is. content that you can't spend enough time with each thing. You have to be like, I watched that. That was cool. Oh, damn, there's five more things coming at me. I gotta watch them now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it suffers from being something that is cool, but it's only ten episodes, so it's something that you watch. You watch either right. in a day or in two days if you're really hooked into it. And then it's in the back of your mind because you've moved on to the next thing. And that's, that's, that's why I'm not driving out these reviews. It's just going to be two episodes and we're done. Well, everyone give your thoughts on the first five episodes. Give it a, a score. One out of ten. Ready, set, go. Eric, go. Eight. Josh, go. 7.5. Chris Long, go. 7.1492568. Okay, you're done. With remainders. <laughs> Chris. I'm judging it by itself, not on the fact that yes. there's five episodes that follow it or whatever. Yeah. I would I would say probably an eight. Okay, that's fair. So we're releasing this right after Cosmic Fury airs on Netflix. In October, we will return with a new Ranger Command to review the back half, episodes six through ten. And we'll have a mix of guests on that one, which will be a lot of fun too. Hopefully we don't go on for three hours. Oh, the more people you have, the longer it's going to go. Oh, it's going to be great. Plus yeah. the second half is more exciting. You're going that, to That's why I'm trying to give myself more time for that one. <laughs> Fair. Anyways, I want to give you guys a chance to plug what you're doing, your projects that are going on right now, starting with Geek with Chris. So obviously, if you like Toku content, you can always follow what I do at Toku Nation. You can follow me on all socials at Geek with Chris. And at some point, I will uh, continue my Transformers related content at MTMTE Reviews, both on YouTube and on Twitter, where it's just going to be focused on current and retro Transformer toys, content, stuff like that. And then eventually I'll have a YouTube channel for actually me, myself and I. But that's down the road. Chris Long. I do toy reviews, Long's Toys on YouTube. Just search Long's Toys or at Long's Toys, whatever they do now on YouTube. I am on Twitter at CLong83 because Long's Toys was taken. But then everything else is Long's Toys. So (laughs) YouTube, Blue Sky, 
threads, hive, all the things <laughs> the kids do these days. Yeah, long story. I don't think I've logged in the hive in like four months. <laughs> yeah. Remember, it's long with an S at the end, longs toys. Yeah. That's what I said. Just don't go to long toys. <laughs> Anyways, Josh. <laughs> I mean, that's just about the G.I. Joe uh, USS flag. <laughs> yeah. Other such places. Uh, but yeah, and then Josh and I do a yes. yes live show, not a podcast, a live show on YouTube every Friday. I know he brings us up every time because it's very important. I know how important it is to her. Uh, we do a live show every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on YouTube. It's Geek Each Week. You can just search Geek Each Week on YouTube and you'll find it. And it's fun. We uh, talk about news, play games, good stuff. So come check it out. Time for Wheeljack. That's time for Wheeljack. (laughs) All right, and Josh. So I make videos on YouTube at Toku Topics, and you can follow me on Twitter at LiverMangerKey or at LightningFigPR, and I'm also on Instagram on both of those exact same handles. Awesome. And then you can find me at TrekkieB47. So... Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and rangercommandpowerhour on Instagram and Facebook. We're on threads, blue sky, all of that. Just go to link tr.ee slash rangercommandph for all those links, including our Patreon at patreon.com slash rangercommandph. And until next time, we'll... Go, go, Cosmic Fury. I'm I'm done. I'm so done. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening. <laughs>